you know, of course, in, in service is where we practice uh, what we're supposed to be doing all week long. Amen. Glory Amen. to God. And That's so um, praise and worship is to be a part of our life. It's yes. to be a part of our, um, yes. a part of our daily style. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's what we do. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. It's what we do. You know, other people that live in the world, they, they have a different way of living. They have a different way of speaking. And uh, if you rub up against anybody who uh, doesn't, doesn't know the things of God, you, it, it won't be long before you'll hear a different way of talking. Glory to God, we're to be different. Praise God. We're, we're to have a life of praise, rejoicing always, giving thanks. Um, we're always to be praising. Praise the Lord. And so I say all that to say, if you come in here and the thought of doing four or five songs in worship is like way too much for you because I have to stand too long or, you know, (laughs) or it's just too uncomfortable or I don't like to sing. I don't care if you're a singer or not, praise the Lord. The idea is we are to be praising praising. Glory to God. I don't care if you speak the words. You know, I don't care if you sing one note through the whole thing. Glory to God. We had a a time once where my husband was in a service that was being broadcast, live streamed, and um, it was so precious uh, because the Spirit of God came on him and he uh, received a song. You know, he, he writes many songs and sometimes they happen right in the service. And so he gave that song out and, um, and I honestly don't even remember which song it was that, that happened. But this was, I th- it might have been when he was in California or somewhere else. But uh, somebody heard it in Florida, sang it for 24 hours, not straight. But you know what I'm saying. It was just in their heart and they kept singing it. And uh, they were healed Amen. in their body just from singing and praising that song. And, and uh, the light and the revelation that came from that song. Well, the funny part about it is they got up that Sunday in their church and, uh, you know, the pastors had them give the testimony. And she was telling, she was, oh, I was watching this minister on TV and he sang this song and then she went and sang it. And she sang it completely monotone. Like oh, she did awesome. thirds. I don't know if any of you know that, but she just went back and forth between two notes, up and down, back and forth. And it was completely different than what my husband had given out. I mean, which was an actual melody, but... Um, what, what are we saying? It's not the melody. It's not the actual singing. It's the, the words getting on the inside of you, the praise coming out of That's you. Right. That's Amen. the important part. Uh, can you get healed singing a song incorrectly? Yes, apparently, as long as you're singing the right words. Glory to God. Yeah. Hallelujah. So it's not about what comes out, um, if it's a, you know, a professional voice or not. It's about the heart. Glory to God. Connecting Amen. with him. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, with uh, that in mind, would you just turn with me to Psalm 112 this morning? I believe we have, um, I believe we have a direction from the Lord, but we'll just read this and see, okay? You know, life, life with God is exciting. And uh, learning to be led by the Spirit is, um, it's just an ongoing process. And it's, if, if you look at it in the right light, it's an awful lot of fun. Praise the Lord. Uh, you may know the first step in, you know, in the next adventure you're supposed to do, but that doesn't mean you're going to see everything. 
that's beyond that. Uh, that goes for uh, when we preach in the pulpit. You know, you may have a, an idea of what you want to do. I might have all my scriptures lined out. But if, if you get up and you start reading and you, you get taken a different direction, well, part of the fun is flowing with that. Glory to God. And meeting the needs of the people in what, in what God would have you say during the service. But I, I say that not because... Um, I'm going to pull you up to preach next Sunday, but because uh, your life should be like that. Glory to God. What does that mean? Sometimes uh, I'm a planner. My daughter's like a planner ten times me. Uh, what, you know, many of us like to plan things out, right? It's good to have a plan. It's good to have things ready and, and, and you know, have things drawn out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to school and get this degree, and then I'm going to get this job, and then I'm going to do this, and then, you know... I'm going to get married, and I'm going to have 2.5 kids, one dog, one cat, one white picket fence. Well, it's great to plan that, but um, I keep telling my, my daughter, and I've had to tell this to myself sometimes, you know, God, he might throw a curveball, right. you know, right. where you, you take the first step, which is get yourself to this location and do this for now, but that doesn't mean that you're allowed to plan out all the rest of your life and assume that this is, you know, I'm locked in here and this is what God has for me. For the, he, he, may throw, he may throw a different direction in there for you. Glory to God. Now that you've made this step, step here. The Bible says in Genesis about Abraham that God called him to, go, to leave and go to a place that God had called him to. The only problem was he didn't tell him what that place was. So Abraham had to pack up everything he had, his wife, his nephew, all of his servants, everything that had been a part of his life that he grew up with in the town that his dad had lived in, and leave. And he left, the Bible says, not knowing where he was supposed to go. Well, isn't that interesting? Is there times where you're going to leave something? Is there times where you're going to step out into a a new career, a new project, a new, a new thing, and you don't know where it's going to take you. Well, here's the thing. If it's God leading you, he'll take you to somewhere prosperous. Right. Amen. He'll take you to somewhere better. He'll take you to somewhere good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's all free. Not part of the message necessarily, but here we are. Psalm 112. Glory to God. It says, praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Yes. Glory to God, who greatly delights in his commandments. Now, does this mean, uh, is this talking about the Ten Commandments? You know, <laughs> number one, number two. No, no, no. When you see in the Old Testament him talking about his commandments, he's really talking about his word. Yeah. Right. If we were looking at, looking at it from a, a New Testament believer's uh, point of view, we would say his word. Glory to God, who greatly delights in his word. His offspring will be mighty in the land. Hallelujah. You might say, well, I don't have any offspring. Well, just wait a little while. Praise Amen. the Lord. It, it will probably come. Hallelujah. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Well, that's an interesting distinction. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house. Well, that sounds good to me. What about you? 
Wealth and riches are in his house. Anyone who tries to tell you that um, prosperity is a bad thing, that having a full supply is not, uh, is not of God, well, they're going to have to tear out or get a sharpie and cross out a lot of the verses in the Bible. This being one of them, right? Because this says, if I'm going to fear the Lord, if I will greatly delight in his commandments, if I will be upright, then there will be wealth and riches in my house. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That again is not our verse that we're going to camp on today, but it's a verse. It's a verse. And we should know this verse. Praise the Lord. Wealth and riches are in his house. His righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious. Are we talking about God here? No, we're talking about the righteous man. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. Uh, Are we getting a picture of the type of person this psalm is talking about? We've seen one who fears the Lord, who delights in his commandments, who's upright, who's righteous, the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. Wow. He's not afraid. Who's not afraid? The righteous man, the upright man, is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. Ha ha, I like that. Glory to God. I I don't want to wish, I'm not going to wish anybody well, but I don't mind uh, being in triumph over my adversaries. Glory to God. Uh, I could give you some testimonies there. I don't know that we have time to do that, but let's just say people who have opposed us, my husband and I, in the past, in business things and things, it doesn't necessarily go well for them. Uh, we're, not, we're not wishing bad things on them, or, but I'm sorry, some of them are in heaven now, and some of them are in jail, but uh, God will make sure that you triumph if you're an upright and righteous person. Glory to God. Verse 9, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. Uh, The wicked man sees it and is angry. Well, praise the Lord. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Hallelujah. Um, Wanted to read that whole psalm because it's good. And it's good to to know it. Praise the Lord. Uh, But I want us to really focus in on uh, a couple things. Number one, this psalm is talking about a particular type of person. Right? A righteous man, an upright man, someone who fears the Lord, someone who greatly delights in his word. 
it's talking about a particular kind of person. And um, I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that I qualify, <laughs> that I fall into the category of someone who's upright, who fears the Lord. I want to make sure I qualify for all of these verses because uh, the, the upright man, he's got it going on, right? I mean, he's prosperous. Uh, he's receiving light. He's able to deal well with those that are around him. He's able to be generous and give. He's got a name of honor among those uh, who, whom he lives with. And not only that, but his honor and his name precedes him through his children. It says his, his, the generations beyond him will be blessed because of his uprightness, because of his righteousness. So if you would, look back with me in verse 4, because that really is what, um, what we want to get to this morning. Verse 4 says this, Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. We have spent many weeks, you know, um, uh, talking about... Uh, uh, being the light of the world, have, carrying, being containers of his goodness and his light. We've talked about how um, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 3 there, it talked about how we were to be beholding the image of, of the Lord and moving from one, from one level of glory to another, right? We're, we're, we're to be, we're to be uh, building, we've heard that verse, right? Right, I might have quoted it verbatim, but we're supposed to be transforming into his image, right? Moving from glory to glory, from light to light, we could say it that way, expanding, yeah. expanding. Uh, how many know this, that when God said, let there be light, uh, things started happening, yeah. right? Things got put into place. And I believe, if I'm not correct, uh, Ms. Batia can correct me, but there, there is the, um, the, the different people, oh my gosh, I can't even say the word, but different people that know about space say that our solar system, our, our, our universe is ever expanding, right? It, it has not stopped since he said, let there be. Wow. It hasn't stopped. It's still going. It's accelerating. Thank you. So what do we see about God? He's never stagnant. He never just, you know, makes one thing and stops. He doesn't, my husband says it this way, if there's a flaw in God, it's this. He doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> what? My cup runs over. If he says, you know, if he says, I'm going to fill your cup, he doesn't, you know, if we say, I'm going to fill this up, what am I, I'm going to take it to 24 ounces, right? That's the top there. I'm going to take it right there. Say, that's good. God doesn't do that. He doesn't know how to stop. So when he fills your cup, the Bible says it runs what? Over. It runs 
over. He gives you too many fish to put in your boat, so it starts to sink, and your nets start to break. He fills your cup so much that it starts to spill off onto the table, and it doesn't stop. He keeps pouring and pouring, and you're like, okay, it's on the table now. And he says, oh, but watch this. If we keep pouring, it's going to run out off onto the floor. Watch this. If we keep pouring, you're going to have a flood. And watch this. He just doesn't know when to stop. When he said, let there be, uh, and, and the universe came into being, he doesn't, he never said, let, let it stop. And so it just keeps going. It just keeps going. So when we see verses like this, light dawns in the darkness for the upright. Well, that's good news. That's good news. Uh, there's another verse in the Old Testament that talks about this, and that's in uh, Proverbs chapter, th- chapter 4. You've heard this one before, but we'll look at it. Proverbs 4.18. 4.18 says, but the path of the righteous, here we got that word again, is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Glory to God. Um, since the time change uh, we had a couple weeks ago, I've been up early. Just ha- my body didn't adjust, and of course, I've been in a couple different time zones since then as well. But um, it's so much fun to watch the light dawn, to watch the sunrise. Some of you are like, I haven't seen the sunrise in years. <laughs> Praise <laughs> the Lord. Well, you should try it sometime. It's pretty fun to watch the sun come up. But how many understand that the more light you have, the easier it is? to get things done. That's true. Right? I woke up in the middle of the night last night, probably about 1.30 or 2, um, and I got up to use the restroom. All I had to uh, help me with this process was the fact that I know where my bed is and I know where the bathroom is so I can kind of find my way, even if I can't see well. But there's a little tiny bit of light that will come through my shades that are drawn, right? So I've got a small fraction of light depending on where the moon is right so I've got a little bit of light coming through and I can make it to the bathroom and back without hurting myself unless someone leaves a suitcase or a pair of shoes or a towel praise the Lord I won't name any names um, and I've been back home by myself, so I, can, I have no one else to blame. But if there's something left on the floor and I'm not careful because there's not enough light, mm-hmm. I'm going to trip myself up. That's right. I'm going to get tripped up. And so we see the uh, object, the, the primary plan, the objective of the Lord is for somebody who's upright or righteous to be gaining steam, if we could say, to be gaining light, to be seeing more, to be seeing more clearly, to have the advantage more and more and more and more and more as they go. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We are to be seeing light brighter and brighter until the full day. Well, that's great, except that this is all in the Old Testament, these two verses, right? And you say, well, that's wonderful, but I know that God lives on the inside of me. The light is now in me, right? And so I have the light. 
Well, congratulations. Good job. I guess we can close up for the day if you have all the light that you've ever needed in your life. But how many know that that's not God's plan? We've already said when he spoke the universe into creation, he didn't stop. It just keeps going. It keeps expanding. We said that we are, according to Corinthians, we are to be moving from glory to glory, from light to light, we could say. More light, more light, more light, more light. What's more light mean? Whoo! You can see better. Yes, amen. You can see better. We've said this before, light aids sight. Yes. Right? Yes. Light aids sight. So what are we talking about when we see light? Because I mean, we've got the sun out here. We can see just fine. Uh, we could turn these lights off and be just fine with the sun that's out there. We're talking about the light of the word on the inside of you. The light of the spirit on the inside of you. But if we'll recall what we just read in Psalm 112, the light dawns in the darkness for a particular type of person, right? Not just everybody. Who, who qualifies for this? The righteous, the upright man. Somebody who's wholeheartedly following and serving God the way he intended us to. Praise the Lord. So um, that's what the Old Testament says. Would you look with me in 1 John? Oh, is that where we're supposed to go, Father? Hallelujah. We want to, we want to align ourselves with his word, his plan, his ways, so that we can see better, so that we can know better. You know, before we go to 1 John, let's look in Ephesians, Okay. It's going to be hard to do this without going to Ephesians chapter 1. Paul uh, was writing Ephesians, and he had revelation of the fact that we are to be, re- uh, to be receiving more and more, we could say, from the Lord. Our spirit man is to be ever expanding and growing in the things of God. There should be more light today for you than there was six months ago. And if we see you in six months, which we ought to, uh, unless you're called to be somewhere else, um, if, we see, uh, if we look at you in six months, you should be walking in more light. Amen. Uh, there should be changes made. There should be things different from you. There should be blinders that have been removed. There should be uh, uh, more hunger. There, there, there's, there's characteristics we look at to see, are you progressing properly Amen. in the things of God? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And all of us, praise the Lord, all of us need to do checkup. Yes. Uh, we can't just say, oh, well, I've heard that. I've been a Christian for 25 years, I know the word, and so we're good. Well, uh, you know, praise the Lord, I don't want to meddle too much, but uh, we, we want to be careful of that attitude, because that's not God's attitude. God said in Revelation to one of the churches he was talking to, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but not lukewarm. Not because if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Wow. Did God say that? Yep. Wow. Yep. What's he saying? We are ever to be expanding 
and growing and pressing into his things and reaching for more of his, his light and his revelation, reaching for more. There's always going to be a press on your life. Glory to God. But it's our job to put that press there. It's our job to put the press on reaching into the realm of spirit and gaining more from him, seeing more light from the word. Glory to God. Not distorting it and not getting goofy, but asking the spirit of God to reveal more to us and to help us, right? And so that's what, exactly what Paul was doing here in Ephesians chapter 1. He said in verse 15, he said, For this reason, because I've heard of your faith, I know you're a believer, I know you love your love towards all the saints because you're already in, uh, because you're already in the flow of God, because you're already in love with the things of God. Verse 16 says, I don't stop to give thanks for you. I don't cease. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. What? What are you praying for us, Paul? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. What's he saying? I want you to have more. (laughs) He says, I've heard of your faith. And that's good. Glory to God. I've heard that you've become believers, that you're pressing into the things of God. And so here's what I'm going to pray. Not that you just be blessed and, you know, live your life and be normal and, and just, you know, have no opposition in your life. That's not what he prayed. He prayed. He prayed. I don't cease to give thanks for you. To, I, I ask the Lord, the Father of glory, to give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, having the eyes of your hearts, what does it say? Enlightened. Enlightened. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. That is an amazing passage. Uh, we do not have time to get into it um, today in its entirety. It could take months, praise the Lord. But how many understand, even if you don't know what that all means, it sounds good. Oh yes. It sounds good. This is a prayer that you can pray for yourself. Yes. This is a prayer that you can pray for your loved ones. That's right. This is a prayer that you can pray for people you've just met. Glory to God. People that have given their hearts to the Lord, but maybe aren't progressing the way they ought. Maybe aren't able to see all that there is to see. How many know that even all of us that have been serving God for years and years, there's still more to see? There's still more to see. There's still more to obtain. There's still more of his presence that we can enjoy. Praise the Lord. And so we see this. We want to um, uh, pay attention, especially to this verse 18, saying, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Enlightened. Pull that up in the Amplified for me. Hallelujah. Having the eyes of your hearts flooded with light flooded everybody say flooded flooded Flooded. we already said this god doesn't know when to stop when that's his one flaw 
uh, you know, he's perfect in every other way, but he has trouble with uh, just, just doing just enough. He, he, he really has trouble with that. And so if you start to pray this prayer, Father, I ask you to open the eyes of my heart. Give me the wisdom and the understanding that I need. I ask you that the eyes of my heart would be flooded with light. If you start to pray this for yourself, if you start to claim this for yourself, I don't always pray this, um, meaning I don't always ask the Father. I just get up in the morning and say, Father, I thank you. I thank you that the eyes of my heart are flooded with light. Yes. That's, that's just, you know, you can pray it or you can say it. Uh, either way, uh, it just depends on where you're at in your revelation. But right. you can say, Father, thank you. Today, I open up my heart to be flooded with light. I thank you that I can know and understand the hope to which you've called me. So if we remember back to Psalm 112, verse 4, it said that for the righteous man, light dawns in the darkness. Light dawns in the darkness. We all start somewhere in God, right? We all start, and when we start out, we have to realize we were living in darkness, we were living in the world. Right. <laughs> no matter where we came from, you know, I, I, didn't, I, I had trouble receiving Christ and, and, and putting a, a, getting a concept of needing to be saved because I was raised in a church that taught me if I just did good things, I was okay. And I was, they didn't use the word righteous. But, you know, I, I, I was on my way to heaven, basically, was the... The idea, uh, you know, that was the idea that they gave me. So I had trouble to say, wait a minute, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means me. I had trouble saying, I'm a sinner. Why? Because in my mind, I was good enough. I didn't sin. I didn't do bad things, right? Right? Everyone has an idea of what bad things are, depending on how you were raised. And, and you know, my family didn't necessarily, they weren't born again, but they, they gave me a strong sense of right versus wrong, right? And because I was, in my mind, doing everything right, it was hard for me to realize I was living in sin. Everyone's got to start there. But there's other people, when they come to God, they know <laughs> that they are in the world. But for me, when I got saved, light dawned. What? In my darkness. I didn't even know I was in darkness. Amen. Wow. Amen. Right. There's a lot of people out there that don't know they're in darkness. Yeah. Wow. They just think they're in life. Yes. It's just life. Yeah. What do they need? They need the eyes of their heart opened so that they can be flooded with the light that they need. Back on to what we've been preaching for weeks and weeks, right? That people are walking around with blinders over their heart and over their eyes. They need to know there's more. So once somebody gets saved, light dawns. Praise God. And they get to walk in all the light that they have right then which is great, but how many know, according to God, that's not where we stop. That's not where it ends. We are not to just slip in, get, gain some light, and stop. Light is ever progressing for us. But like Psalm 112 said, it's for a particular type of person, the upright. 
the righteous man. Amen. Yes, Pastor Amy, and Jesus has made us the righteousness of God in Christ. He has. Praise the Lord. But if we want to move from one degree of glory to another, should we just look at that verse since we keep quoting it? Hallelujah. Uh, that's in Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. It says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We are being, as we behold the glory of the Lord, and we looked at other translations that refer to how do we behold the glory of the Lord. One way is to behold the Word of God. Hallelujah. This will change your life if you pay attention. Praise the Lord. Um, if you will behold the Word of God, if we'll see what's in that Word, if we'll look to what that, it's in that Word, it will transform the glory of God that comes out of that Word. It will change us into the same image as Christ. Glory to God from one degree of glory to another. Amen. So how do we get there? I mean, basically what we're trying to say is there's always going to be more for us in the area of light. So there's always going to be some adjustments and changes that we are going to be making to gain more light, to gain more light. Praise the Lord. James, chapter 1. There are things I want to get into. We want to, we want to get there, but I don't want to get there too soon. James, chapter 1, verse 21. How do we make sure that we can receive more light? How do we gain more light? How, uh, you know, Paul did pray that uh, the eyes of our heart would be un enlightened, that we'd be flooded with light. So prayer is one way, right, to be, but, but we see in Psalm 112 this, this, ah, this thing about being righteous, upright. It just, you know, you, when you read Psalm 112, it's like in every verse. <laughs> somebody who fears the Lord, somebody who delights in his commands, somebody, there's something about this lifestyle that we have yes. that allows us to either receive more light or push it out. Wow, that's good. That's good. If I took a container, um, a vase, you know, a jar, and I filled it with rocks and dirt, and then decided I was going to pour some water in it. How much water would I get in? Not very much, right? If I've got it full of rocks and dirt, and I start to pull some, pour something in, <laughs> I'm going to be like my father and have things start running over, right? Because I'm not going to get much water in there. When we talk about the Lord flooding us with light, he has to have room to pour it in there. Yes, yeah. amen. That's good. Okay? Maybe that's a good way to say it. He has to have room to pour it in there. And when we come to the Lord, brand new salvation, right? 
here we are. Didn't know any of this before. Now I've been made new. Glory to God. Old things are passed away. I've been made new. But here's the thing. Your flesh and your mind still have to catch up with what your spirit just received. Your flesh and your mind still only know the world's way, the way we've always done it. They only know the way that sin, the sin nature went. And what is that? That's your container kind of having a whole lot, your mind having a whole lot of rocks and mud in it. The word of God will help you, if you allow it, it will help you one by one, scoop by scoop, to get that muck out of there, to get the dirt out of there. What are we talking about? We're talking about us becoming the kind of container that God can use. Didn't we read that the past couple of weeks? Us becoming the kind of container that God can fill more and more with his glory. In other words, it's not just automatically going to happen. We have to make sure we're the type of container God can pour into. Meaning, there's some rocks in your life that need to be removed. There's some muck and some dirt, some bad thinking that's going to have to be taken out. Mm -hmm. There might be some lifestyle changes that used to be okay before that aren't okay anymore and I've got to take it out. Why? Because my idea of being flooded with light only happens for the righteous man, the upright man, the godly man, somebody who's walking in all the light that they have. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. So when we read verses in the Bible, we said this before, I've never gotten mad at my mirror for telling me there's something wrong with my face. I've never freaked out at my mirror because it showed me spinach in my teeth. I've never gotten upset. Matter of fact, I'm quite thankful for the mirror. And so when when the Bible shows us, we're about to read here, that the Bible, the Word of God, is a mirror for us, showing us where our lives are right and where our lives are not. We don't get upset with that. We don't get upset with the pastor when they preach it. We don't get upset with people, you know, with the word when we read it. We don't get upset with the Spirit of God on the inside who's ever in there trying to say, you shouldn't do that. That's not what the word says. Be careful what you say. When the correction of the Spirit comes, we don't get upset with that. I mean, our flesh might want to get angry, (laughs) right? Our pride might be hurt by being corrected by the Spirit or be corrected by the Word. But if we look at it as our great help, getting the spinach out of the teeth, getting the rocks out of the container so more glory can come in, I want the wealth and the riches to be in my house. I want to be blessed like it says in Psalm 112, right? But there's things I must do to align my life to look like that, to get there. And it's not just saying, oh, thank you, Lord, that I'm wealthy today. Well, it's not a bad thing to say because it's true, right? In Christ, the Bible says, in case you didn't know, that he became poor so that we might be made rich. So why don't I have riches in my pocket? Well, there's a few things that we need to qualify for. There might be some rocks in my container that I need to get out 
some bad thinking that needs to move out in order for God to flood me with light. My husband and I, we just spent a week in the Bible school. He spent 12 hours teaching on prosperity. The Bible has a lot to say. We didn't cover a fraction of it. But you know what a lot of the days were? Making sure their hearts were prepared for what, God, what prosperity will, is for. Right, right. We're, we're blessed to be made a blessing. That's right. Right? So, so there's these mindsets. There's these, the renewing of the mind that has to come from the word. Hallelujah. This is good today. I know it's warm in here, but uh, pay attention if you are able. Glory to God. James chapter 1 and verse 21 says this, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. James is talking to people who have already been born again. So why do their souls need to be saved? Your mind needs some help. And that's what he's talking about. You need to make sure that there's some things you put away from you. The filthiness from the world that you used to be in, it needs to, it needs to be done now. It needs to be done. There are things that people used to watch on TV that they shouldn't be watching now. If they want to be flooded with light, if you want the wealth and riches to be in your house, you better become an upright, righteous man. And there are things that need to be moved out That's right. of your life in order for the good things of God to be moved in. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Everybody smile. Just the mirror. All right. So we're going to get rid of the filthiness, the rampant wickedness. We're going to receive with meekness the implanted Word, I like that word implanted, which is able to save your souls. What's he saying? The more of the word you receive and put into practice in your life, the more light you're going to have, the more of God's blessing you're going to have, the more revelation you're going to be able to walk in. So we're going to receive with meekness. What does meekness mean? Tell me straight. Tell me straight, Pastor. Tell me what I need to change. Tell me what I need to know. Tell me where I'm missing it so that I can get it right. I'm going to receive it. Whatever you say, I'm not going to leave mad. I'm not going to leave upset. And when you sit down to read the word, you're going to say, Father, show me where I'm missing it. Uh, Pastor Nancy uh, Dufresne, she says it this way. I, I can't say it any better. She says, it's not what you're doing right that's messing up your life. That's right. It's not what you're doing right. It's what we are doing wrong that is hindering our life. And so we want to know if we're missing it in an area, if, we're, if, if, if something's not quite aligned the way God would want us to have it aligned. So when we read the scripture, we come meekly, humbly, saying, if I'm, if I'm missing it, show me. Flood me with light. Help me to see. Help me to do what I need to do. Praise the Lord. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Well, that's an interesting thing. Anyone who's a hearer of a word and not a doer is like somebody who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror and he walks away and at once forgets what he looks like. I just told you the mirror is my friend. I don't look at it intently and not do anything to to change things up. If I wake up in the morning and look at myself in the mirror, there are going to be things that need to be changed. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to stand in front of that mirror until things are changed. That's right. Amen. Why? Because if I go downstairs before changing everything, uh, I might get busy and I might forget what I looked like. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm at the post office and realize I never put on any makeup today. Whoa, whoa, sorry, public, sorry. Mm-hmm. I apologize. I walked away from my mirror and forgot yes. what I looked like. Yes. Ah, and I wind up apologizing to people or getting home as fast as I can to make sure I fix and rectify the problem. I don't want to be the one who looks in the mirror and walks away and forgets. The Bible tells us somebody who hears the word and doesn't put it into practice is doing just that. Amen. What does that mean? That means that this morning, Sunday morning, all across our nation, all across the world, there are millions of people sitting in services. Maybe not just like this, but they're sitting in a service somewhere. They might be hearing the word actually being preached and they walk out and live their life like they never heard it. That's right. That's right. They make no adjustments, they make no changes, and therefore they're receiving no more light. Yeah. So how do we qualify to have more light dawning? It says the, the path of the righteous is supposed to be growing brighter and brighter with each new day. But it's something about this upright man, this righteous man we see in Psalm 112. There are some adjustments and some changes that we all should be making throughout our Christian life to make sure that there's more light coming. Brother Hagen, oh my gosh. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Just look at the time. Praise the Lord. Brother Hagen when he was on his deathbed at age 17. He said he got born again and he started reading the word. And he had enough sense, which is impressive at 17, to realize, okay, there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. I'm 17, but I'm on my deathbed. They say I could die any minute. I better start with the new. That, that's some pretty good thinking right there. Yeah, old is old, new is new, let's start with the new. So he starts with Matthew chapter 1. Now he's mostly paralyzed, it's, uh, he's only lucid for a, you know, an hour or two every morning and then he kind of lapses and isn't able to do anything. So it took him a while, but he starts in Matthew chapter 1. He reads Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 4, 5, gets to 6. He gets all the way to the end of uh, Matthew 6 where it starts talking about not being anxious or worrying. Most of you know where that is. 
not being anxious or worrying, right? And Brother Hagen says, I can't do that. I'm a world champion warrior. My mom, my grandma, we're all warriors. I've been trained to worry. He said, I decided when I read that, that verse, I can't do that. He said, then he kept reading. He said, but the only problem was everything became dark to him. He read Matthew chapter 7, but it didn't mean anything. He tried reading Matthew chapter 8, but he couldn't comprehend. There was no light. Why? Because he decided in Matthew 6 he couldn't be a doer of that word, of that verse. Don't be anxious for your life. And he realized, wait a minute, nothing, what do we mean by dark? Nothing makes sense. Right? right? Nothing makes sense. You're stumbling around. You can kind of get to the bathroom, but you know if there's something in your, in your way, you're not going to see it, and you're going to trip and fall. So he realized, Father, I'm sorry. I didn't put into practice what you said I was supposed to do. I'm going to make the change. He went back to Matthew chapter 6. He read it. He said, if you said I can do it, I can do it. And he made the change. And what happened? Light came. Amen. Light came. Amen. And he was able to keep going. Amen. If you want to see more in the word than what you're seeing, ask the Lord where the adjustments need to be made. Yes. What did he last show you on Sunday morning when we were preaching or in your own personal Bible time when you were reading? What did he last show you? There, listen, there are things I can do to change. I might not be, like, in open sin in my life, but there are other things I could add to my life. More time in prayer, more time in the Word. There are things I could add to gain more light. Yes. Right? So this isn't just, you know, for someone who just got saved. This is all of us all the time. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? I told you all to hook up, and I guess you did, because we just Amen. kept going. Hallelujah. Uh, this subject is vast, but how many understand flooded with light is better than not? Yes. <laughs> flooded with God is better than not. Amen. Glory to God. So spend some time this week, if you would, in Ephesians 1. You can go in Ephesians 3. There's another prayer there. Yes. Read those over. Pray those to the Father about yourself. Ask him. To, to reveal to you, to show you, to help you. What's the next step? Where's the next level? What else am I supposed to reach for? Where, where do I need to change? Ask him honestly, meekly receiving the word that you've heard, and he'll help. Amen. And I promise you, more light is amazing. Yes. Amen? Amen. 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 Glory to God. You guys are dismissed.